there and said, your dad never told you about your barbecue sauce. You know, my barbecue sauce does many things, you see. <laughs> when people taste my barbecue sauce, they get all lovey-dovey and the woozy-boozy-doozy. And the next thing you know, they want to mmm. <laughs> Cliff, I told you, Cliff, I am not feeling good today. I am on my period. I have a migraine, and nothing is happening. No hanky-panky, Cliff. Oh, come on, Claire. If a duck can swim in mud, I can fucking Cliff! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spirit and Steinberg Podcast. Right here with Spears. How y'all feel out there? Red Butler here. Good evening. Bartholomew Carrington the third. $10. A lot of money. Yeah. What time is it? Game time. Bug Space. Kick it. Red Foot's the liquid slave name. Can you feel it, baby? And that's how I get Oh, boy. You take a little bit of the Spanish fly, you put it in the drink, and oh, boy. Oh, yes. Hello, America. Could this nigga have damaged himself any fucking more? Well, as they say. Guess what we're talking about today, folks? <laughs> Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. So she said to leave it. He just left breadcrumbs. I just left a little bit of trail of rape proof. Oh, here's a piece of rape. Here's another piece of rape. Oh, look, another crumb of rape. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> okay. They're going to come after you for that right there. Who, me? Yeah. No, it's in context to Cosby. I know, but people are going to say, nah, yeah. that's nah. Um, right off the top. Gloria Allred looks like her pussy smells like rubbing alcohol with the potency of a smelling salt. I'm I'm going to say this about her before just her. What whole, an unpleasant piece of ass! Just her whole her face, her demeanor, her everything. Even if I could stand on, even when I do stand on the side that she's for, it makes me not want to. Yeah, she is just. Ugh, I wonder if she's married. I don't know. I would. I don't. I don't want to. Oof. <sighs> All right. Um. Let me just read my note here. Let me just gaze upon my note. Oh yeah, I think I've said this many a times before. You know, uh, I know black people, and this was this was said on the documentary because of the history of this country with black men and white women being falsely accused of devious acts. Many of our men have hung from trees wearing rope necklaces uh, and have been beaten, brutalized, and murdered. Um, so there is this instinct to want to protect black men at all costs. And while we certainly know that historically that has been the case, 
one person brought up the point that there were black women too in this who were victims. So that kind of debunks that. And I personally have said on this podcast, I know before when we addressed Cosby back yonder, um, you know, and I read it, you know, with whatever the jokes I've made on my social media, man, that brother innocent, man. Man, leave the brother alone. Conspiracy theory. Can't you see what they trying to do? Man, that black man is innocent. Black people, stop. I, again, I get it. I know what history has told us. I know what history has shown. And I know that history has told the truth in that sense. But there's no all everything. There's no all innocent. There are some black predators out there. There are some black folks that do bad. And I think that both black and white, we fall in love with celebrity. We fall in love with nostalgia. We fall in love with what made us feel good, what we grew up on. And I know it sucks and it's hard. You don't want to believe that Cosby did this. You don't want to believe, and I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't want to tear off into Michael Jackson, but I personally don't believe Michael Jackson did it. But he also could have done it. But you don't want to believe that these people are capable of this because they played a great role in the entertainment and the feeling good of your life. There can be black criminals and black people who do devious shit who happen to be famous, who happen to be talented, who happen to be rich and successful. And when you watch this documentary and you look at it honestly, there's just no way at this point you think this is some conspiracy theory? This nigga did that shit. It's hard because you fell in love with the character. You fell in love with the person. And you never want to believe that your loved ones can do this kind of heinous activity. Yeah. But it is what it is. We fall in love. And you said, I love when you did say white or black and black. It doesn't make a difference. And Cosby had that crossover, which makes it even worse. You right. know, because he he was able. Uh, and when I say it makes it worse, it makes it worse because I think it was harder for it to come to light because since white America loves them and black America loves them, no one was pushing for any truth. Right. Um, what I, do you think about Kamal Bell though, before we go, because I, I, I just, do, do you think, I thought this was a very challenging subject and I like that he took it on. Yeah. As opposed to who? Well, I just like that he put it, how he framed it in a conversation. We got it. We, we need to talk. Yeah, about I Cosby. think Kamal Ball, Kamal, Kamal Bell, Kamal Bell. Yeah. I think he also did it because I think the general consensus is that it's even for black people. And you saw all the black people they interviewed. They believe he did it. He looks guilty. He is guilty to his own admission. He is guilty. So, you know. I, again, I understand our, our love and our need to want to protect our culture and our and our identity and our men and women. But once we feel guilty is guilty, now we still going to play that game? How does that make us look if we're willing to go, yo, this man did horrible, heinous shit, but because he's Cliff Huxtable, he's formerly Cliff Huxtable, or because he's Bill Cosby the comedian, Bill Cosby the icon, we ain't going to stand behind what's right. 
Well, and the reason I brought up Kamal Bell, and I, I'm, this is kind of out of context, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway, because comedy hype, and I know how what you said about him. Right. I think it's the scavengers, man. The first question they asked was, was he a sellout? Did he, and and then and then uh, Pierre yeah. said uh, that he was more of an opportunist, which I didn't find it to be either one of those Neither, two. neither did I. And and the chick who does the, the conversation, one of the chicks, there was two chicks in it, she said some of the dumbest thing that I heard. She said, well, you know, and when he, because he was found innocent. He was never, listen, listen, he was never found innocent. They weren't allowed to use his confession of what he did in the trial. And I love what they said in the documentary. Uh, they they did the right thing for a bad person. They did right. the right thing for legally. A bad, legally. They did the right thing right. for under a legal precedent for a, for a person who committed a heinous crime. But that was the right thing to do because that's how the law worked. And that's what they did. But for her to say he was found innocent, you are saying all those women who were assaulted by Cosby, you, you kind of just rolled right over them. So anyway, I wanted to get that out because that was the first that was one of the first things I seen where someone was addressing it on a outside of uh, the regular news. And uh, and it was it seemed very backwards. You know, when they when they when they obviously cut to and 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 put the 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 the, the onus on uh, Hannibal Burris because they said, hey, he was the guy that kind of broke this whole thing. You know, he was the guy whose video clip went viral. He's the man responsible for ending Cosby's career. At first, especially when you watch the video, and he was upset about the fact that I think at one point they called it the pound cake speech, where Cosby was telling black... He went from this lovable dad to the angry black grandpa. Right. Black people pull your pants up and you got to stop doing this and you got to stop doing that and blah, 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 blah. And Hannibal Burroughs was like, you know, you talking down to niggas like, hey, I had a sitcom in the 80s and I was popular, so pull your pants up, nigga. And... He was upset for, at Cosby for that. But then you almost got the sense that once it happened and once it all came to, to fruition, Hannibal felt bad about it. He did feel bad about it because that I don't think he felt bad that Cosby got. I think that he felt bad that he was the catalyst for this to happen. And that it, now he is the one that people went after about him being a sellout. He wasn't even trying to take Cosby. This joke, I love when he talks about it, this joke wasn't even. And I and I and I. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw myself out there as this big comedy dude. I actually got to talk to Hannibal a little bit, right. and uh, you know he doesn't really like talking about it because this is that joke wasn't finished. It was something that he was still working on. It wasn't supposed to be recorded. That ain't a special. That's someone with their own camera recording mm -hmm. a show. That's why the Chappelle locks you motherfuckers' phones up. So uh, it was never that wasn't his intent. And and you know for whatever however you want to look at this, you know. Uh, it came out and it, it 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 caused what it caused, but it wasn't Hannibal's uh, intention or responsibility. He wasn't trying to take uh, uh, Cosby down. I feel bad as a comedian when that's a lot of weight to put on you, and he's felt the weight from it. Yeah, I think it was the interview that he did with Sway uh, in New York, and I've done that uh, uh, on XM Sirius. I've done Sway's show uh, numerous times, but you could see it in his face. Yeah. That moment, you could see it in his face. Even when he was on The Breakfast Club and DJ Envy starts out, or I think it was Charlemagne, who said, the man responsible for taking down Cosby's career. And again, he had that look like, damn. Well, if you're a comic and you want to be known as a funny comic, that that's overshadowing who you are as a comic. I'm now I'm now I'm the special investigator that right. made a joke and and took down Cosby. And, and 
I know we have different tastes in comedy. I I love Hannibal. I think he's so fucking funny. I, I think that he, even if he doesn't need glasses, because he got the the LASIK, mm-hmm. he should wear his glasses. Always wear your glasses, Hannibal. You look, <laughs> this, your look isn't complete without your fucking glasses. But cool dude, real nice, uh, has a great, uh, I think a great eye for comedy, where he how he looks at the world, and and for him to be known for this one thing, as a comic, I I, I think that that has to be painful, and then to be such a specific thing on right. top of it. It, it, it that's rough. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because he, out of this whole story, there's another story about how he's been treated since then too. Hannibal. Yeah. How, right. how people have come at him in right. different ways. And and he wasn't trying to be this great savior for this. Other we, uh, let's be specific. Black people. Yeah. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm imagining white folks ain't. Well, no, because why, you know, the, no, you're right. It's because it is black folks who, and because, it's the whole thing of yo brother. How could you do that to the brother? Yeah. 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 Black people, we got to ease up on that, you know, because, uh, again, I, I get it. I'm not capping for nobody. I get it. And, you know, I'm always at the forefront of revolution. But we if we misuse revolution, then the, the potency of revolution ain't the same. It turns into suppression. Well, there you go. <laughs> OK, so we, we got to be careful with this. Um and, and and it goes it, again. It goes back to because this is the only way I can I can I guess I can kind of I don't even know if understand it is the right word, but maybe go okay. I'm sitting here like and I and I love how of course in the documentary four parts they start off from the beginning to the end, of course Cosby's early career, and it's like look man, I spy Cosby, good looking dude. Cosby was a good looking dude. He's been rocking for how many decades? Super famous, super rich, super talented. He has good looking. He had all the ingredients for automatic pussy. What are you doing? You don't have to do this, man. So obviously this was a fetish. This was a sickness because if you're good looking, rich, successful, you got money. Pussy is going to fall in your lap. Why are you drugging bitches, man? Well, this is where, like, and I and I've said this since this first when I became aware of it because there's there's and they didn't get into this into the into this doc, but what they did to what I've heard before is that there's women that he's had consensual sexual relationships with, and then he still ended up drugging them at a certain point, which to me. Shows that there is, and, and listen, I'm, I'm 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 speculating, but to me, that's a sign of some kind of sickness where you need someone to be completely incapacitated, and honestly, almost like necrophilia, where you want to be have complete control where the person's almost not even there. Uh, I I made this joke a long time ago, and it probably isn't going to be funny to anyone, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Hey, if they're really looking for evidence, and I really do feel this is necrophilia, they should have went to the cadaver department down in Temple. And seeing that there's any uh, DNA that can be found inside. Yeah, there. you said that, and I did that joke. I, yeah, yeah, because uh, you know there has to be something to this, because this is not a normal activity to want someone out. But that being said, what right. I really liked about the doc is they went all the way back and all the way back to the beginning of his career. And there's nuance to this documentary where you're seeing 
the, the times have changed. And at that particular time, a man taking advantage of a woman trying to come up in an industry wasn't frowned upon. It was par for the course. It was normal. Right. As wrong as it was. Yeah, not defending it, saying it, though. <laughs> right. the, the, the term, the casting couch, comes from this time. Right. Um, so I did like that they followed that nuance. And so also, you could start off with this little teeny problem. And as you continue to grow into your career, the more power you get, the more capability, the more capability you have of doing this, your problem grows. It gets worse. That's a weird fetish. Dude, don't you think? I would. I, what is the pleasure in fucking someone who is non-responsive? You can get married for that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, don't you want the moans? Don't you want the feedback? Don't you want the affection? Don't you want the scratches on your back? Don't you want the, you know what I mean? So is it is it complete control? But is control without any kind of effort on the other person's part isn't actually control. It's just incapacitation. So if it's incapacity that he's after, that's why I'm really going back. And I'm, I'm not, I know some people are going to say, you're just being disgusting. I'm really saying, is this some form of necrophilia where you want someone that isn't alive? Even one of the women interviewed alluded to that. She went, you know, you can pay women to let you knock them out and fuck you and fuck them. You, you can hookers, you, you can pay women that'll do that. So even if you went that route, because you know you're paying for somebody that's letting you do it, as opposed to being manipulative and sneaky and dirty, I guess that takes the rush out of it. That might take all the control out of it because... Now, you're, if you pay someone, the, the control is lost. I, you're controlling them with money. This He was controlling them completely. Unaware. Unaware. And so that this was some kind of other control. It, 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 I think that if people really wanted to, wanted to spend time on this, I think there's a whole other conversation where you talk about the mental state of how this, why a person would do this. And, and it's addressed a little bit in this documentary, but I think that the... <sighs> Not not that finding this out will make everybody happier or make the the pain that people felt go away, but I think it would be I think there would be some kind of uh, a little closure to know that there's this might have been not a, a more deeper problem than this man had. Let me ask you this: A lot of the women went. He would say, "Drink this." They would even see him with the quaaludes. Drink this, and they would drink it. Now, of course, some of them may be thinking, I have a hard time trying to have, rationalize this, but if they went, oh, we trust him because he's Cosby. Uh, anybody telling you to drink something and put something into your body, I don't care. And my, a lot of these women were young, 18, 19, 20, 21. Are you that naive and stupid that you just go, well, I almost could go with the trust thing before anything else because, hey, it's Bill Cosby. But even still, you, you don't go, fuck who it is, A. But more importantly, I'm going to just put some shit in my body. I don't know what it is just because he says so. Well, that's part of the grooming and what they talk about. Like he might have met them a couple times. He didn't always just go in for the kill immediately that way. 
he might say, you know, I want to help you with your career. Let me talk to you about this way. And then you, fine. Help me with my career. Why am I taking these pills? I'm going to read. You're going to read some lines. I want you to relax. You're going to do better. When you, that's one of the one of the things that he'd say. You need. Okay. To be so do these pills help you relax? Where are the questions? Well, you're believing in him. You already have a belief. Oh, in that's him. insane. Who raised you? Listen, not everybody's that aware. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not defending him for not being aware, but people were. People are. Right. A, the reason there's so many opportunists is because people are manipulated easy. Right. And usually, when you're not manipulated easy, it's because someone fucked you over that you realized I got to be more aware of my situation. I want to ask you uh, something about the greatness of Cosby for a second. Now, you've said to me before in the past, you're a Cosby fan. One of the greatest comics ever. You talk about how great some of those albums are. I told you I never got into Cosby. I never could get into Cosby. Even on this documentary, when they played some snippets of his jokes, nothing particularly moved me. Um... And what's so crazy is, and this is why I, you know, look, I have all the respect in the world for guys like Mike Tyson, Dennis Rodman, Charles Barkley. They are who they are. There's no, oh, surprise. Them motherfuckers are who they are, front and center. So here's a guy who's up until this point, entire career, in the pudding and the Kodak film and the children and the values. You see, the real nigga. Dirty as a motherfucker. Likes to fucking drug women. Curses like a sailor. This is the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Could Cosby still have been as great as he was comedically if he was Richard Pryor? Was part of his greatness being clean? I think part of his greatness was knowing how to hide the other part. So you could you you built a whole other... Uh, what's it called? A personality. You build a whole nother person to represent you out there. This is the, the, the persona you build a persona. That's what I was looking for. A persona of, right. who, of who this, of who you should be or could be, or would like to be. I don't know if you'd like to be that person, but, but do you think that that was purposely crafted, even though they said it was perfectly crafted so that he could get to where he was because they said that, look, in those days, which, you know, I still believe exists today, maybe not as harshly, but in those days, he wasn't a rebel rouser. He didn't make white people feel uncomfortable. He went out of his way to not make to, to make sure white people, white people didn't feel uncomfortable. He wasn't trying to be Dick Gregory. He wasn't trying to be Richard But Breyer. in the beginning, they said that he wanted, that's who he wanted to be, the Philadelphia Dick Gregory, and then he changed. Which, is, which was more beneficial to, to him. him. So here's my question. Here's how I'm going to answer the question. But, but the question. I'm, I'm sorry, and I know you're going to answer it. So let me just reiterate again. If he chose to be Dick Gregory, socially conscious, racially conscious, if he chose to be Richard Pryor, dirty, pussy jokes, dick jokes, junkie jokes, hood jokes, being the great comic he was, could he have done that? The great comic he was, yeah, but his personality, he wouldn't have been able to get away with what he got away with then. Because we can all agree that he is a master manipulator, right? He, he manipulated right. these people. Didn't he manipulate the public in an entirety? 
didn't he go from being a guy who was going to school and then went into education and went, yeah, he wanted to do these things. And I, I think there's, <clears throat> there's two sides to a coin. I think he saw the, the, the value in what he was doing, but the other, the, 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 the doctor, what is it? The Mr. Hyde still existed. Right. And, and he, that, I, I think there are two separate entities that lie within this man. But manipulation was the, the, the what was key to being able to pull off what he pulled off. So I think he could have, but he wouldn't have got away with everything that he got. He wouldn't have got the same. He wouldn't have got the same TV shows. Listen, uh, Dick Gregory never had a TV show. And we know why. Yeah. So he saw a way to manipulate and move through the waters. So if Cosby did that and couldn't get the TV shows, couldn't have the career, do you still think he would have went on stage and been a killer? Dirty. I think he could have, but it's different. I don't know because a couple things is uh, they said that one of the things that bugs me about Cosby is they said he only was really at it for two years before he was, you know, blowing up that right. he was, which is really irritating. <laughs> uh, and, and two, um, for him to do what he did in that short period of time and also do comedy long form. This is why comedy, this is kind of partially the reason I do the comedy that I do. I do more long form, more storytelling. That's what he did. I don't know that you can be Richard. Richard Pryor did that too, though. Mudbone is a story. Is a story Which, for the record, for the record, and we all know Richard Pryor is the Babe Ruth. Maybe it's because I'm something. Maybe it's an it's a age thing or a generation thing. I never got Mudbone. But that's I never understood. But that's more of a dirty cut. That would be a long form, a okay. dirty, you know, right. That has an edge to it in a different way. But long form. Listen, some of the greatest jokes, Cosby's jokes to me, Chicken Hearts and Noah. Those jokes, those are some of the best jokes ever written, ever told. Right. So uh, Chicken Hearts is this thing as a kid would just kill me. I would die laughing every time my stomach would hurt every time I heard Cosby. Mm. So, uh but what I didn't know is when all this stuff came out, Cosby was already up to that stuff way back then. Okay. Do you think he would have been as funny if he would have been? You know, you know, interesting. No putty pop commercials, that's for sure. No. Kodak, Jell-O. Nothing. Coca-Cola. Uh, Don't forget Coca-Cola. But Richard Pryor wasn't a commercial guy either and is the greatest. So you can still accomplish what you want to accomplish you just might not get all the bells and whistles if that's important to you but he's a manipulator i think he wanted the bells and whistles he wanted right. all that stuff he wanted to work his way into all that i would have been interesting to see because my my theory is a great comic is a great comic uh and as talented immensely talented as he was he would have found a way to shine just as much i think so I, right. I think so, but it would have been a different career, a different path. We might not be having a com. He could have got in, a, and nothing against Dick Gregory, mm -hmm. but he could have went the way of, of Dick Gregory, where he kind of disappeared at, for a long periods of time. Right, it, it, and even in black culture, Dick Gregory didn't represent. There was a time in black culture where Dick Gregory was the uh, the the diet salesman guy. He he was doing all the nutrition food. He wasn't a comedian anymore. Right, so. He could have went that way if he tried to be a different than he was. Right. Because the staying power was to be in the presence of the uh, of a national audience and, and to be a pitch man. And to, he knew what he was doing. This is the other part of when you really break down. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, he, he purposely did it. So 
to do it, that means you know everything that you're doing. You just don't get to where you are and hide some part of you <laughs> without knowing exactly what you're doing. Right. Um, so Hugh Dowles uh, telling Barbara Walters, uh, oh, yes, they, 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 there, was a, there was a clip where a newscaster, dude, Hugh Dowles. Hugh Downs. 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 Downs was next to Barbara Walters, and he said to her, I think she was... She went into the Playboy Club, and she did the bunny for a day. Right, and he said, uh, I enjoyed seeing you as a bunny. Uh, And she made a cute bunny. Then they cut to the women who were disgusted, especially the woman with no fucking chin, where it just looked like (laughs) her chin was like an avalanche of snow. Just It was all one connected... Gobble piece. Um, and I just went, I didn't think, what was it, Hugh what? Hugh Downs. I didn't see anything crazy about what he said. But when he said it, the chick with the gobble piece rolled her eyes. Disgusting. What did he say that was crazy? He paid her a compliment. He didn't say, hey, nice rack. I love the way your titties was popped out of that outfit. Oh, your butt cheeks were. He said, I enjoyed seeing you as a bunny. Very cute. Before you answer, Andy. (laughs) Women, and we're going to read an email from our girl, J.V. Hunt, where she addresses me and Andy and her disdain for what we said in regards to Hugh Hefner and the Playboy bunnies. Uh, But if there are any other women, please, I implore you, I'm putting the clit signal in the air. Vagina. Uh, please respond. Can't men be men and say something complimentary to you as men without it being seen as sexual slander? Turn the fucking volume down. Jesus. Go ahead. She, okay. To the women's point, and before I even say this, don't agree with your opinion. You don't? No, no. To oh. the women. I did oh. to, to the to the gobble neck, whatever right. you said. Don't agree. Don't agree with your opinion. But to that opinion, here it is. She isn't a bunny. She is a news person, an equal to Hugh Downs. It's Barbara Walters. Right. Yeah, she wasn't the Barbara Walters at that moment, and he wasn't the Hugh Downs, but they were they were news people. She went in to do a, a story about the Playboy Club and being a bunny. She went and put herself in the position to be the bunny. She was doing the the bunny. How, how the bunny, yeah, the way you serve the drink, the where bunny you have to dip. Bend, the bunny dip. Is that what it's called? You have to, yeah. have to bend a certain way. And did all that. And she left. And the piece would have been the the the, the ideal compliment from your Com, uh, com, what, 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 for your coworker would have been that was an excellent piece. I never seen it that way. And then he could have said, uh, "But if you ever, but then it, could he said, hey, but if you ever want, if you ever want, want to do the news any, anymore, be you could be a bunny." I, I'm not. Saying I think this. that's worse. Yeah, right. I think that he said, "Hey, yeah, you put yourself." To me, it could have been, and what he could have been saying is that was you could put yourself in an uncomfortable position. You really went out there. You know what? But you were cool as a bunny. There was nothing. I didn't see it any other. Again, I still think that's worse because it's almost masking what you're really saying. What you're saying. You look good as a bunny. Just say that. 
I understand that, but that's the that's the intent that the the, the where's the problem? They're supposed to be on a news basis. They're supposed to be coworkers. They're at the same level, and he's complimenting her bunny ability, not her uh, her her news ability. But she put herself in that position when she took on that role. And yeah, I don't think there was a problem with what he said. For her to be overly disgusted with that moment. That's to me. That's this. This is this is why the great comics are the great comics, and this is why I will every now and then, within conversation, quote and say the great Patrice O'Neill or the great Dave Chappelle. In this case, the great Dave Chappelle. Chivalry is dead, and women killed it. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Like it just. But then, and, and to prove that point, I love when they cut to. The black woman who was a former Playboy Bunny, she loved it. She said, I made thousands of dollars. She loved it. So I'm glad they showed both perspectives. Otherwise, you just get this one-sided view that the Playboy and Hugh Hefner and that time period was all about the objectification of women and the sexualization and the harassment of women. And I would like to talk deeper about this, but I'm going to save it for the for the podcast, for, okay. for the email podcast, because I want to break that down. And this has less to do with Cosby, is more to do with that moment, that moment in time. And here's why it's important that we're talking about the moment, because that was seen as very 100% normal. It was a time where men were subservient, uh, women were subservient to men because men could have uh, were the were the titans of industry, and they could come to a club that was made to be serviced by women who were dressed in cute bunny outfits. So that that that's the period of time that this is taking place in. You know, once upon a time ago, uh, in the '60s, in the '70s, I don't know if it carried over into the '80s. It may have changed going towards the '80s, but I think certainly the '60s and '70s. I don't know, maybe even I should maybe even say. When were airplanes here? I don't know. Invented. Long time. 40s? You mean for like air service? Like when it front, yeah, officially commercial. I would assume. 40s, maybe 50s? Okay. Obviously from the younger eras, and I, I stopped at 60s because I know that's when the women's movement, burning of the bras and all that shit, equality came in. But there was a certain point in time where to be a flight attendant, yo, you had to be fly. That was a job requirement. It was part of the look. You had to be sexy. Now we know flight attendants can look like Mrs. Garrett today. <laughs> Mrs. Garrett is not an ugly flight attendant today. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. Um, but there were jobs, Playboy bunnies, flight attendants, where, you know, again, they wanted sexy. That, that was part of the brand. That was part of the job. And I know there are women out there who relish in that. There are women who like to dress up, like to be girly, like to put on makeup and heels and flash their sex appeal. There's nothing wrong with that. Have you ever been but, out on, on, on Halloween? Yeah. Yes. I know where you're going yeah, with that. Okay, go keep going. Yeah. Keep going. And it's like, they look like that with the intent and the hope of getting complimented, recognized. And again, I'm not talking about... Uh, Slander. I'm not talking about, you know, aggressive sexual, you know, uh, pressure. Respectfully, gentlemanly, gentlemanly, like as best you can. God, you, yo, you gorgeous. You're fine. 
that 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 that's a big one today. That that would send some. I know yeah, what you mean, yeah, but yeah. but the, but yeah, the, yeah, no, no, the, I know what you're the saying. Idea of it, and, and, and that and, we can't do that, ladies. We can't. I'm not a great whistler, but you know we can't do that. And, and women in that same thing. If it was just men that looked at you and were complimentary to you, and you could say it was just a men, women do that shit for other women too. They like when they get a compliment right. from another woman because they know that they look good. They put it together. They put everything that they did, their, their shoes, the, the fucking dress, the, all that. It's, there is some self-esteem building within your look. Right. I, and, and men have it too. We want to look good to, to, to our surroundings. We, 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 we would like to be beautifying our area, not taking it down. Right. So we're equal in that. Uh, it's just different. And men do prefer to see, uh, especially at this time that we're talking about, women didn't have a choice if they wanted to do these things. That That's part of what that moment in time is about and where, where there, some of the anger comes from. Right. That, that wasn't their choice necessarily to look, to look sexy so that they could have that job, so they could make money and feed their families. Right. Uh, let's get back to these Cosby crumbs. Uh, two things that just didn't look good at all. The Spanish fly bit didn't age well. No. But it was in the back of comic books. I remember as a kid in the 70s, the back of comic books, you could order Spanish fly. And I even asked my mom, I remember asking my mom, so you 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 get Spanish fly and and, and girls will like you. That's what I, how I, right. how I put it. Cause I was, I was, yeah. and my mom said, that's that bullshit. That's bullshit. None of that does that to a girl. That doesn't, that right. what it does. that's what I knew about Spanish fly. Right. Apparently Cosby knew a lot more about Spanish fly. Oh boy. Just <laughs> put it in the drink and oh boy. Um, the one lady that told the story about her and her girlfriend, they went back to wherever Cosby drove them. And, uh, she eventually said that Cosby orally raped her uh, and then put her over the couch dog style and fucked her and then left. How do you orally rape somebody? Like, he, you know, she sucked his dick. He, he orally raped. How do you, how, you... If you feel like you have no other, that's your only choice. What are you saying? Bite it off? Yeah, use your bite force. Bite that motherfucker. He's Cosby. What is he going to do? Kill you? What is he going to do? Fuck you up? Maybe. Nah, son. Dude, that would be the funniest bit, though. A woman biting the shit off? No, just Cosby is like a fucking pimp Cosby. <laughs> Look here, bitch. You're going to get on your knees, and you're going to put me in your mouth. And I guarantee if you bite me, oh, boy, I'm going to give it to you serious. I'm going to... Grab your hair and I'm going to jiggle jangle you and I'm going to choke you with my nigga junk. <laughs> but but what if that's what even though we know Cosby is Cosby, right. maybe that's how they saw Cosby at that moment. That was their option. Uh, to to as a pimp. Yeah, they you know, he's coming in. There's nothing I'm gonna do about it. It's Cosby, no one's gonna believe me. <laughs> if I leave here, they're gonna say that I'm foolish. You know, even if I say that he tried to rape, they're going to, he's Cosby's going to say, no, she said we could. And then when we're doing it, she bit me. Right. Uh, 
You know, uh, this might be me being on my soapbox again. Uh, but this is also reason 10,854 why I don't feel like God is real. Uh, this nigga has been raping bitches for decades. Meanwhile, he's still being blessed with television shows, fame, money. How can karma and God be real? This nigga has raped over 60 women, and these are the ones we know about. But yet the blessings are still coming. At no point does karma go, nah, nigga, no more TV shows. No more success, no more money, no more award-winning albums. You say that. You are raping women. You say that, but in this, they did talk about it too. His son, his son being taken away from him. Ah, you think that, I okay, I know what you, I, I don't. So you would think that that might be karma. I'm I'm saying it's it's definitely something that I think if if one of my children were taken away from me, uh, it would be the lowest point of my life. Right. Um. You know that moment, and Godfrey, like I said, was excellent in this. By the way, yes, he was. Uh, that moment where he talked about, and this is kind of like Cosby becoming the bitter old man. That moment with Wanda Sykes. Remember that? Yeah. At the award show. Yeah. When she was trying to have fun with him. And he said, no, we spoke English. Like, when did uh, when did Cosby make the turn? Because it seems like he's had different parts of his life. Like in the second part of the documentary, they talk about how it becomes from the guy he was in the first to now, not militant, but more educational, more teaching. And I forget what the name of that documentary he did where he talked about slavery and some of the moments in black history. Uh, and then of course, he went from that to the 80s. Then after that, he turned into mean grandpa, pound cake speech Cosby. Now he's a doctor. And I love how the one dude said he wasn't even really that. Well, he was like he was like there were dudes that really had yeah. PhDs. It was the lowest form. Right, of it was the lowest doctor. form of doctor. Dude, he he was he demanded his respect. You can't show a chink in the armor because if you show a chink in the armor, can you say that still today? Chink in the armor. Yeah. Let me check with my patitis. Go ahead. I mean, people got kicked off for less. I don't, I right. don't know what, where that really comes from, a chink in the right. armor. But can you, if you show that, uh, you know, now people are looking behind the curtain, you know, and he, he can't have that. He's going to stay on his stance. He's going to stay, I am Cosby. I'm about the betterment of my people. I'm at this level. But at I'm some not. point, he obviously became, and this is where I always say, again, I, I'm not speaking from experience, but based on what I think history has shown us, it's something in that money, man. It's something with that money, that fame, that adulation, the success, where you become a big-headed monster. And, and, and any time you become above people being able to talk about you, make fun of you, especially if, if it's done as respectfully as can be, yo, you on your shit. And Cosby seemed like he got to a place where between Dr. William Cosby and look what I've done and the success of my show, niggas pull your pants up. Like he he, he was full of himself. He was. He started to believe the character that he built. Right. 
and then he had enough power to control the narrative. When when they're doing that interview and he goes, I would like that taken out. Call your right. Make sure and you knew they wasn't gonna take that shit out. And the reporter that was telling them, well, you know, I can't. We'll get. They was like, nah, nigga, you put yourself in a trap. And we're the media. But he felt he had the power to get that taken out. He felt that he had enough right. power to get that taken out because he's wielding power. He's he's proven to himself how powerful he is this right. whole period of time. Yeah, even that guy, uh, the black guy from CNN, I want to say his name's Lamont. You know who I'm talking uh -huh. about? The one anchor who, when Cosby gave the pound cake speech at the college, he was... The yeah, but I don't, I'm not going to remember his name. Yeah, he wrote that article, and then Cosby called the dean or whoever the head of the school was... To try to get him. And ch to chastise that dude. And I oh yeah, I like when he said, uh, Cosby said at one point, am I fucking with you? Then why are you fucking with me? And wouldn't even look at him. And wouldn't even look at him. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this, you know, uh, my girl Jamel Hill, formerly at ESPN, when she said, you know, in terms of his legacy, awesome comedian, iconic entertainer, but a really shitty person. He was a shitty person. And People like that exist. We don't want to believe it because we've spent the better part of our lives. Dun, 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 hero, dad, lovable, and the double 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 And all that felt good. Man just was an asshole. He was a shitty human being. But, and we don't want to believe that about our heroes. Dude, I, I'm just tired of people. This is this is the thing. He, I didn't hear Cosby ever say hero. He said a lot of things that he was. He never said hero. But no, but that gets the that gets uh, bestowed upon you, bestowed upon you when you reach certain levels of success, and particularly when you, whether you like it or not, you represent our community, you represent our culture. So when you become that, whether you want to or not, with great power comes great responsibility. And he owned up to some of that responsibility. He did. And, and you know, don't don't forget, let's not let this get missed. The, the, the documentary or the, the, that educational program he did uh, on enslavement, that was one. Uh, uh, very important. Uh, getting, we haven't even addressed, getting uh, actual black stunt people. Oh, that was funny. That was funny. Especially when they showed the woman. It was a white dude. Yeah. Who was playing a white, black woman. Black woman had a white man stunt double. Painted black. And see this again. This goes to Dave Chappelle. He's good, but he rapes. Like, like, like Cosby helped open the door for certain things in the industry that we didn't have before. And how many times have you heard me say again, when I would go to, to work on a movie or a TV show that was predominantly white, they wanted me to sit in a chair and have a white guy Fuck with my hair. Nay, nay. <laughs> you don't know black texture. You don't know our hair. You're not about to cut me up and have me look like Johnny Dum Dum on camera. No, I'm bringing in my own black barber. Oh, he's a diva. No, I'm not. I just bringing in somebody that knows my shit, knows my culture. So for Bill Cosby to open up the door to make sure that black people had black stunt doubles. And not a white man as a stunt double for a black woman. He's good, but he rapes. 
that was a, that was an important change that he made. He made he he stood up for the black community. He had a certain amount of power that he got with his fame, and he stood up for the black community to make positive changes. He did. But here's the part that I don't understand. You can be all those things. But don't rape. But Or you can be all those things and still be a rapist. It doesn't change the good that you did. Let me ask you this question. And I just want to get this out of the way so we can- I'm nervous about bus. that still be a rapist part. <laughs> you, you can't. Uh, let, me, let, me ask you this, let me ask you this question. Uh, if someone tomorrow- discovered the cure for cancer and he could say it, it cured all cancers because he, whatever it is, DNA, whatever he did, he's a scientist. He went in and he discovered the cure for cancer. He's going to save hundreds of thousands of lives, but you found out he's a rapist pedophile. Are we going to stop using the cure for cancer? Because you found out that the person who did it is a rapist pedophile. So for all the people, what I'm saying is, before you even answer that, for all the people who said, I can't separate the art from the person, I can't separate this from that, fuck yeah, you have. You have separated your whole life because people have done bad shit their whole life. We Cut put them on a pedestal and we still have done this shit. Cut to go ahead, go ahead, because I'm going to go get some water and you can knock me out for that Cut statement. Commercial. Um, well, I, um, listen, we can and we do. Uh, whether or not we want to admit it, whether or not we like it, <clears throat> in terms of, do you have another one? Or is that it? Oh, you got the box waters. Uh, we can and we do. And I think that depending on what it is, you absolutely have to. And that brings me uh, to my next point. When Jerry Seinfeld was on Stephen Colbert's show, and Stephen Colbert said he couldn't listen to Cosby anymore. He couldn't separate the man from the, the the artistic, the man with the artistic talent from the man with the heinous crime. And Jerry Seinfeld, as puzzled as he was, was like, you can't. You can't, because he loves Cosby. You can't. And Kobe went, no. And there was a moment, and you and I talked about this, there was a moment where Seinfeld took a beat, he stared off into space, and just went, hmm. And I, I swear, I don't know for sure, but it felt like to me he caught himself in mid-conversation and went, I got to be careful about what I say next. See, I didn't because, because if I say the wrong thing, uh-oh. I felt like he he he, he did that. I, I didn't feel that at all. Really? Him. No, what I felt what he did is he looked at him, and I thought that that oh moment, that moment where there was a beat, was like maybe, the, maybe a little in himself where he was like, am I wrong here? Is he wrong? I thought he he just took a moment to think about it because as far as I'm concerned uh, with Seinfeld, and I appreciate it, that he he can separate the art from the person. He has Cosby in the in the movie Comedian that, that he's in. The Netflix thing. The, well, no. It was a, it's oh, a, Comedian, the documentary. The documentary. Right. Uh, and he's in that, and there's a big moment where he goes to have a sit down and meet Cosby because Cosby's obviously one of his people that he looked up to. And he was on a show and they asked him about that. And he said, you know, no, it, it you know, do you regret having that moment? He, he never said he regretted. What he said was, is that, you know, it doesn't hold up the same way. Obviously, it's different. It's seen different. But that was still someone that was a great comedian that he admired. And so it's in the show. He's not trying to remove that from the show. That's just part of who, what the show was. It doesn't hold up. But the guy, the comedian, the man that he didn't 
He didn't ask for his credentials. He didn't ask him before he got there. Have you ever raped or considered raping anyone before I put you in the, he went there purely because it was a movie about comedians. And but this was, but that was before the blow up. Yeah. But he went there. And that's why I'm saying it. The reason he's in there is he went to go meet one of the most legendary comedians of his day and age. And that it doesn't change. Everything that's come out about Cosby does not change that he's still one of those most legendary comedians at that time. And I'm not and I'm not disagreeing with that. But what I'm saying is on the very and and now we're talking about today's time where everything is ultra sensitive. You get in trouble for anything. And it's something as sensitive and as raw and as real and as dangerous as sexual assault on women. Absolutely looked like he thought about step easy, nigga. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't grasp. Really? I didn't that at all. If anything, I thought, well, maybe he looked at himself as like, maybe there's something wrong with me for not being on some. I don't think that we can go through this world. We would have to write history, rewrite history completely. We would have to remove so many artists from museums if we started working on their character and who they were. Uh, it, it, it would be impossible. Because it wasn't what we held to accountability. So great artists today that are hanging in museums and worth billions of dollars would not be worth anything and would not be in museums because you have to separate the art from the artist. Art, there's plenty of stories that you can find out about whoever your favorite artist back in whatever, how many hundreds of years ago, were horrible people, horrible men. But do we hold them accountable to today's standard or to the standard that they lived in? And I think that's part of this, what Kamal Bell was doing by bringing this back in the history. He, Cosby was brought up in this. I'm not taking any responsibility away from Cosby. He's an adult and he you have to be able to have your own character and be able to stand up for things. Obviously, this was wrong. But I think he was brought up in a time where this wasn't, not that it wasn't wrong and not that it shouldn't have been condemned at the time, but it wasn't. And then we go into the time that we go to today. And now it is. And he continued to do it and he continued to get worse. There's a, there's a lot of nuance to this conversation. I'm not defending Cosby and what I'm saying. I'm saying there's more nuance. The time he came up, what happened, what was acceptable, what wasn't acceptable. I don't think it's ever acceptable to rape somebody. This is, I think people defined what was rape differently then as well and what sexual assault was someone aggressed you if you grabbed a woman today at a, if you were walking in a bar and you grabbed a woman and just kissed her and she was angry in the 1920s 30s 40s 50s that isn't sexual assault that was an unwanted kiss right today that's sexual assault yeah but that that don't make it it may not have been back then, but that's not to say that it wasn't wrong. Not not justifying any of it, but I am I'm saying the time you have to hold people accountable to the time that it happened in as well. Okay, but if you stick with something like that, then why go back and try to right the wrongs of things that have happened racially? We can't we can't right those wrongs. They're wrong. You can't right them. No, but what I'm saying is back when it happened. It was par for the course for Mega Everest to be killed and his killer get off. But some odd many years later, 
we were able to go back and convict him for what he should have been convicted for at 80 years old. So if you can make a wrong or right, then why put a statue of limitations on that? Legally, that was never right for him to be killed. It you could get it was able to be gotten away with because the people were not enforcing the laws the way that it should have been. What was right? You can't you can't murder someone. It's not you. You can't. That's that's wrong on any set. You can't rape someone. Those are. It's wrong. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not denying those. those but it issues. feels like you're saying two different things. If it's wrong, and you can go back and get the justice that was supposed to be served the first time, thus righting a wrong, then we can do that. But when you go, well, back then it was. It wasn't seen that way. So because it wasn't seen that way means that we shouldn't. Go back and make it right. No, well, you can't. First of all, you can't make it right. That's the that's the first thing that I have to say. You can't make it right. If someone kills someone today, and I give someone a hundred years for killing that person, I didn't make the killing right. I cannot make it right. What I can do is apply justice. So now I'm going to rewrite history and go after justice for all these ill wills that happened to how we view society today from back then. Listen. This is this is where we get sticky right now, and I don't. I, no, I'm not going to take it in this direction. We know things today. Looking at it with the perspective that we have, of what's wrong, and why it should be held accountable. But there's a certain amount of years. First of all, murder doesn't have a statute of limitations, so they should have been able to go after that person. And and I think that on rape, there should be a statute of limitations. And there was. And so those women yep. went to, and went they were to, able to open it up and right and it. make it so there is none. And the, so when you so again when you go, uh, that's what it was then. Yeah, it's been that. But those women went back and made a right or wrong, a wrong or right. But again, I'm not justifying or, or taking away what was wrong. I'm saying I can't go back and rewrite a history that to make us feel better today for the wrongs that will never be corrected for the people that it happened to. So what I'm saying is I can't go back uh, to 200 years and because a painter was painting his model and then had sex with her because he was paying for her and treated her as uh, someone that he could just demand sex from. She's gone. That whole part of history is gone. I can't ever make a change for her. That painting hangs in a museum today. Does that painting look any different if you know the story? Should we change his legacy as a great painter and now we we can make a documentary and prove that that guy was a piece of shit? I have no problem with doing that. That's not what I'm saying. I have a problem with removing that painting from the museum, though. Because the painting never changed. I, I hear you. I hear The you. painting's the same painting yes. it was. Yes. I hear you. As far as holding people accountable, like in in a documentary and letting people know what kind of piece of shit they were, that's a, that that if you have the ability to make that documentary and you can show that this specific <clears throat> time and what happened to women at this time, if you used it for more than just he's a bad guy, because that isn't going to get us anywhere. But this time period, who we are now, should we have better perspective? Yes, that's all account that that accountability I'll take until you want to go to the museum and take it down because the painting didn't change. The artist, this, I'll give you this. We, we just watched uh, the thing we just did recently on uh, on, on this the murder, that uh, the Times Time Square murder. Yeah. He had a family, dude. He had a wife and a daughter. No one ever said he was a bad dad. 
Well, apparently he was a bad husband because she left him. Well, she left him because you're not going to stay with the, the, the murderer of... Right. Uh, How come you ain't murdered my pussy? Like, <laughs> all right, go ahead. You can be both. Right. You could be a person that's a violent, horrible, sadistic killer and still go home and kiss your daughter at night. I don't know why people don't see that you can be both. And I'm not saying commend him because he's both. Right. I'm saying stop falling for... Condemn him because he's both. I'm saying stop falling for that bullshit. Just because you see someone on TV that's a good actor doesn't mean they're a good person. Because people are capable of many different things. And, and, and you can't take away the good that they do. Like I said, if he, if he was able to figure out a cure for cancer, you can't take away the good just because he's a bad person. Make him a bad person. That's what he owns. He's accountable for the bad person. But every because if they did something that was great, phenomenal, artistic, that doesn't go away. You only hide it because you can't deal with the fact that a person that you thought was great and can make something so great or beautiful or aesthetically pleasing or however you want to look at it could also do something bad. And this is where we're having a problem trying to figure that out. People can do bad shit and, and, or people can do great shit and still be bad people. I thought it was kind of interesting that not one cast member from the Cosby show was interviewed for this. And I'm wondering, that can't be a coincidence uh, because I think that, look, the, the legacy is what it is at this point. It is what it is. Um, and which is to say it's tarnished. But I was wondering, why not one single cast member? If they, in fact, did that on purpose... Why did they do that? Are they trying to protect something? And let's just say they were. Does that make them wrong? We're not going to speak ill will, ill of the man that gave us all careers and made us serious money and made us rich and, you know, and the legacy to black people in the culture. We're not going to be a part of that. Well, I think they don't. They don't speak on it because, unfortunately, and and. Not that you can hold everybody accountable for what Cosby did, but they talk about in the in the documentary that they couldn't Cosby couldn't have got away with this without a large part of those people knowing what was happening. So you think they knew? How how could they not have known something? Now I'm not saying everyone. Right. I'm not saying everyone went up there and everyone's done with. My question is, when I really look at this, is you see all the women that were on the show, you see Cosby's mo, you see how he works. OBGYN have doing his service out the basement of his, giving out little breadcrumbs everywhere he goes. Little rape crumbs, little give me the pussy crumbs. But we did. What happened to them? Do we know anything about their story? Are they right. afraid? If something did happen, would you come out now, 20 years after it all happened, while all these other women are coming out and go, well, yes, yeah, some shit happened to me, but I never said anything about it because I had a, you know, you know, my career. And I'm not saying it did. I'm not saying, how could you come out though? How would you have to be watch what you said now at this point? That one lady who was one of his victims who played the pregnant woman. And he kept having her say the word milk. Yeah. Milk. I, I, I felt bad. Like, because you could hear it when she explained it. Yeah. You could hear it in her delivery. And I just went, 
The more and more I watched this and certain little things came out, I said, this nigga did this shit, dude. Well, there is where he admitted to doing all of it in, in, in his statement that wasn't allowed to be used against him. Now, whether we found about this illegally or legally, uh, that's a whole nother question or how to deal with that because the prosecutor wasn't supposed to be able to use it. That was what was that was his deal that was made. But we know he did it. Right. It's it's not like he's he contested that he never did it. He might say that he didn't do it, but he did it. Uh, he's on record saying that he has done it. So uh, I don't think, and I and I'm going to say this because, but uh, no, there's no reason to say what I was going to say. I, I would just like, I guess I could say it this way. I do believe that he did this. I do believe that just because we know that he has done this doesn't mean there are people that are opportunists and might not take advantage of the situation that he's in and, and try to take advantage of the situation. I think there's people that might have said stuff that happened, not on this documentary, but you know, there's a lot of people that came out. We found out a couple of them, the, the timelines don't work. Um, this is not in the documentary. This is other things, but the majority of these women are coming out I believe them. I it's, it just it works with everything else that's been said. The only reason I brought up the ones that I said that is because I didn't want to just say wholeheartedly uh, every person that ever says that Cosby did this did it, right? Uh, because he's never been convicted of that. Right. Uh, because of like we said, uh, uh, time limitations and all these other things. But yeah, for the most part, I'd have to believe him. And I hate when that guy said, and and you have to believe it. If you have 60 women that you can kind of verify that their timeline and everything, and they were willing to come forward, that means there's probably at least 120 women. Listen, between the Spanish fly joke on the record, the clip of the barbecue sauce, and even my man, I forget the actor's name, who played um, uh, Lisa Bonet's husband on the show, uh, Philip. I think his name is Philip Thomas. And then he tells the story about the one girl crying when she explained it. Um, <clears throat> and I know the OBGYN women at the house. It's just too much shit here. Yeah. And then the deposition, the admission and the deposition. It's just too much shit here. It just doesn't make. Even the, the tall model chick who said she had three lines. She had a dressing room. Um, and yet the guy that played Lisa Bonet's husband, Philip Thomas, and uh, what's the actor name? The one they always shit on, Elvin, said we shared a closet, an actual closet, an actual closet. Come on, man! What kind of detective do you have to be? The the clues are there, the pieces are there. It's all over the wall. The semen is all over the wall. Instead of writing, I said, semen is nice. Yeah. So come on, man. This but, man had a sickness. And how, how, when I talk about master manipulator, how above everything do you have to be that you go, yeah, I wouldn't be an OBGYN on this. Right. And the one lady said, you could have been a dentist. But could OBGYN? Could have been. You could have, everybody says family practitioner. A lot of people said, oh, the family, fam, because he was supposed to be this. Yeah, this family guy. But what's more even creepier than that? Let's say you, okay, OBGYN. Why are they coming to your house in the basement? 
Nigga, you could have went to the hospital to do your thing. On the East Coast, doctors do have. Do they? Yeah. My, they my, perform at the house? My dentist, his, his practice is on the side of his house. Downstairs. It's down and on the side he has his whole, whole dental practice. What a coincidence. I'm just, you know, there, there's truth based in it, but why, why do you make yourself that in all the things that you could have been? Right. I didn't even recognize comedian Dougie Doug until I they kept showing him. But I'm like, Dougie Doug, Dougie, Dougie Doug from Cool Runnings. Dougie Doug. I remember in his younger years, he had the fucking roster hair. Yeah, he, I didn't even recognize Dougie Doug. But the, the part that got me, he goes, after all this, I spoke to Cosby. The last thing he said to me was, nobody's perfect. That's your out for rape, nigga? Nobody's perfect? Like, you're not even remorseful. Oh, but we don't even know what nobody's perfect means. Nobody's perfect because I did some bad shit or nobody's perfect because I didn't get away with it. I could have... Either way, nigga, that's creepy. I know, I know. But you... See, yeah, Cosby has a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hot... You know about my barbecue sauce? To that, would you say it? Say that again? Nobody's perfect. Because I did it or... Because I didn't get away with it. I couldn't get it. I couldn't be perfect enough to get away with now, it. Now, see, now, again, with the same tone and delivery of the barbecue sauce scene. You know, nobody's perfect. Not because I didn't do it. But being a baby, I did it. But because I couldn't get away with it properly. I, I, I honestly believe if they look into this man... They're going to find out that there's obviously there's a sickness, but I think, and I'm, it's not a pass, but I think there's a lot of issues there. A lot of issues, like way past what, what we have even considered. Right. And I'm not going to speculate on all the, because of all the women's trauma that has occurred, but there's, there's obviously some kind of. My last note, and this is more of a question. Uh, of all the women interviewed for this documentary, uh, let me see if I can pull up her name. Um, bear with me. Instead of elevator music, we should have uh, a Cosby theme show here. Do <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> okay. Her name is... Uh, Sonali Rashwater. Remember her? No, I, I, I don't even remember that name. But you'll remember her when I say this. Okay. Sex therapist? Word? Oh, okay. I'm going to just... Word? It has, sex therapy has nothing to do with... Do, do, we, we should just leave Yeah, it. you should. Because yeah, you're, you're going to a place... That, all right. Oh, all righty then. Word? Okay. Well, uh, I, that's, I think that's it. Yeah, you left it in a weird place. <laughs> Th that's okay. Because I left it where it should be left. Okay. That's up to the audience to, to decide. I just, I'm just looking going, word? This is a weird place. This whole t discussion is a weird place. It is because there's nowhere to go with this. And no matter what we say, no matter what How we do. How can you look like Gabriel Iglesias and be a sex therapist? Let's leave it there. You know, 
we could leave it there, but I, I, Gabriel's going to be upset with you. No, not Fluffy. Yeah, he's going to be. I'm, he ain't going to hear this. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want any announcements before I? I, I can. Uh, uh, yes, our dates again. Uh, this is going to be. Uh, uh, oh shit! When we do that one, I'm, I'm going to be there. Uh, we're going to be at uh, this is coming out on the 16th. This one. So we're at DC Improv this week, guys. Come see us in DC if you're in the area. Our favorite club, one of our favorite clubs to perform at. I'm, I'm excited. The, the staff, the management, everything at DC Improv is on point. And uh, there is history baked into those walls. It's a fun place to perform. Where is this? DC Improv. Yes, I was reading something, which is why I didn't. And then uh, the 25th and 26th, we're going to be at the Virginia Funny Bone. That was a reschedule for those people who are looking for us to be in Louisville. will not be there till, uh later on. Uh, next few months i don't know exactly when but then after that it gets exciting again because now we're moving into march and cap city in austin very excited to be there this is the new cap city this is the one uh, uh i think it's brand brand new so uh excited to be there the third through the sixth we'll be there and then we're going to be in the funny bone in columbus ohio uh and that is the 10th through the 13th and then i just got this date on here and i'm not going to be there but you are uh, the 17th through the 20th, Ari Spears will be uh, without me at the Arling Arlington, Texas. You're not going to be there? I'm going to be in New York with my boys. I told you I was that whole week I have my, my kids coming out. And really? I like that. I like that club, too. Every time that I have something planned, you come up with a good club that you're going to be at that I like doing. And Ari might be able to do that one. So I just, God damn. I just got that. That's yeah. the dueling pianos, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I, I mean, I like Addison too, but Arlington is my favorite. Of those I always two. get those two confused. So, for the record, the dueling pianos is Arlington. Yep, and Addison. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I could swear Addison was dueling pianos. Uh, check, but either way, they're both good clubs. I just yeah, but like no, one. I, I don't like one. one. I like the other one. Um. Uh, anyway, but that is going to be the 17th to the 20th, and then on the 24th to the 26th. Again, this is March. Uh, Cincinnati, Liberty Township, the 24th through the 26th. And then we're going to finish off the month at Aries' favorite place in uh, Florida, Naples, at Off the Hook. And that is going to be uh, March 31st. And that's going to open us up into going into April where we're there for the first, second, and third Off the Hook, which is a great restaurant. They have great seafood at this place. and they take, is that Where is that? That's Off the Hook in uh, Naples, Florida. Right. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. Great food. Yes. Great, and so uh, that's a, that's an interesting room. It can go either way for us in that room. <sighs> I've only been there once. Yeah. That, all that time with me and you? Yeah, that was your first that time was there? That was the only time. It was interesting because some of the crowds were really into it. Some of the crowds were a little, it's Florida. It's a little yes, different. Yes, and it's, it's, it's the Florida that is really pro-Trump. Because <laughs> I remember I got into it with one motherfucker over there about that. It was just very interesting for me because uh, they get, they got about, I'd say about, 30% of what I was doing. Right. So it was, uh, it's, it's, but it's going to be fun. We'll be out there. So in Naples, come out, support if you're listening to this podcast so we can get some people that actually know what we're up to. Uh, it'll make it even more fun. But if you haven't been there, fucking that restaurant on point. Mm. All right. Uh, as always, uh, any questions, concerns, shit you want to get off your chest, uh, email me, everyspears45 at Hotmail. Okay. Uh, uh, 
Oh, God. I tried to suppress it the entire time, but I couldn't hold back anymore. Oh, Jesus. Hairy stomach. Oh, God. All right. Um, the name of the song is The End is Just the Beginning. Uh, this is uh, Loki Nietzsche, Instagram, uh, D-M-E underscore L-O-K-E-Y-N-E-C-H-I-E. Twitter at Loki Nietzsche, L-O-K-E-Y-N-E-C-H-I-E. Facebook, same thing, L-O-K-E-Y-N-E-C-H-I-E. And TikTok at L-O-K-E dot N-E-C-H-I-E. Loki Nietzsche, the end is just the beginning. Enjoy. Yeah. Hey, Loki Nietzsche, man. Grooving nigga shit, man. You feel me? Feel my drip. On to my demotion entertainment. Everybody go through it. Hey, chase that bag, yeah, I'm gon' do it. Nigga, you ain't ten toe, yeah, you so foolish. Tryna ride the next man way, you a groupie. Hey, bitch, I'm a dog, but my name ain't Snoopy. Dreadhead nigga still trapping out the hoopty. I'm a skinny nigga, but your bitch wanna do me. Ride by my lonely, can't let the face fool me. Hey, had to face reality. Hit the booth and kill shit, yeah, fatality. I can see why these niggas, yeah, they mad at me. At one point, yeah, the devil was after me. Hey, nigga, being broke, make you feel incomplete. Focus on stacks and keep it shit neat. Married to the money, goddamn shit free. I need that fatigue for the lead. Money, 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 stay on a nigga mind. Money, 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 keep a nigga on the grind. By any means, I gotta get mine. Stay on the clock, ain't wasting no time. Money, 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 stay on a nigga mind. Money, 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 keep a nigga on the grind. By any means, I gotta get mine. Stay on the clock, ain't wasting no time. 2013, one of my best years. Ball player in the game, been in the field. Never stand still, running like a treadmill. Fuck me up when Cuzzo had to call the plea deal. Can't let the streets cross, you got to have skills. The shit I been through, you can't survive, you cry tears. LeBro lost his best friend, that shit gave me the chills. Need your turn, little motherfucker, while I'm popping pills. Life goes around in circle like a windmill. Always roll running, no, I can't stay still. Murder rate off the rack in my city, shit get real. I don't need a doctor, but I swear this shit ill. Fly with it, yeah, it's time to take off. With a real bitch that ass off like a cloth G shit out my mouth. I'm from Florida, yeah, the south. Where the bad bitches at, niggas hustle, ain't no drought. How you real, but you cross your man's for- Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Aries Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. The test course you said with conviction, it don't mean shit to me! Don't you think you're being kind of hard on the guy? You go fuck yourself!